like this theme. This is the start of a beautiful episode right there. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to be doing now? <laughs> Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the mountain of films that's good. that Hollywood just keeps ignoring. That's good. And you're saying mountain because... Our film this week is... Titled... <laughs> By the way, I, I did like not say I did not say entitled. Uh, and, you corrected you. me on that years yeah. ago. Is titled Mountain. Mountain. Yes. And yeah. Robert, our top five is Top Five Mountain Movies. <laughs> or movies about mountains. Yeah, tough. I like mountain movies. You I know like you alliteration. Do. Yeah, I like the literature MM. I knew when I pitched that to you you were gonna, you, you were gonna flip it. You I were gonna love adjunct- it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Movies about mountains? Yeah. Movies about mountains. Then, then you got the it's word about, about I in know, there. I know. Yeah. I think about this. Mountain movies. Mountain movies. Mountain men movies? I, mountain men. Mountain men movies. But they're not all men. You know, this is one top five where I don't think we're going to have trouble defining our terms. It's well literal. Because I was, I went literal. I will tell you. I did you. too. I did no, you? Yeah, I didn't oh, do any. That's interesting. Because I was thinking how could you there's going to be a lot of... How could you go in a metaphor? Well... How could you go in a metaphor? Someone who is climbing a I mountain. I know. Well, then all know? characters yeah. in a sense climb. I think, I think you're right. Right, yeah, right. That, that's kind of shady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Glad we got that settled. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the episode, I okay. guess. Okay. So, till next week. Oh. <laughs> How was your week, man? It was good. What'd you see this Solid. week? You want to do week in review? Are you asking for the week in review? Yeah, let's are do it. Are you suggesting it's time to say some are old, some are new, we now present the week in review? I am suggesting. But, do you want to do that now? I do. You I'm suggesting that? that. Oh. So, should we do... But let's do it. But I'd like to say a few well, minutes. Wait, I just suggested that yeah. we should say that. So, do you want to say it? I just said it. Oh. 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 Some are old, some are... Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I want to say a couple things before we get started. Yeah. I think about... In last week's top five, as we know, we did the top five... Last week, of course, was our, our 100th. And hundredth, by the way... 100th episode. I think I'm going to do this. This is 101! And next week, 102! And I'll be real obnoxious. You uh, Any more than you already are? <laughs> that horn is so sad. I know. I, you had two last week, yeah, and I this know. one... Yeah. This one is the worst... The worst of the two. I, I like, I care for it more. It's got it more sounds empathy. Like, what year is that horn from? I have had that horn since 1973. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, the lips that have been wrapped around that horn. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about your party horn? Ah, okay. <laughs> but right. I want to say something, though. When we do that great top five and worst five of all in 100 podcasts, mm-hmm. there's one other movie. It did not make my top five nor yours, but I still want to acknowledge it. That uh, American Made... And I love that film. Mm. Remember the one? That, the Tom uh, Cruise movie. Yes, Tom Cruise. And yeah, by I the remember. Way, I forgot, it was directed by Doug, Doug Lyman. Did you? Oh, I, forgot I forgot that. that. Yeah. I forgot it. Doug Lyman did that movie. And I enjoyed it because we saw Tom Cruise not as Ethan in Mission Impossible, You're right. but as an average Joe, a little bit inept and anxious throughout the film. Yeah. And I just loved him more in that film than in the Mission Impossible franchise. He was starting to act. Yes. He can act. Yes, he can. But he doesn't always. It doesn't always. Like in the Mission Impossible movies, that's just cartoon shtick. But right. I really like that film, even though it didn't make our top five. But I just want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge something else, Robert. You Did you, you say what our top five was last week? Oh, yeah. It was last top, week, top, top five, five best and worst of the 100. Yeah. Right. Of right. our 100 episodes. Our, yeah. And that was not our top five. But yeah. I'd put like eight or nine. I was just really impressed with that film. Um, you sent me a really cool short on, on YouTube. It was put out by Squarespace. And it was uh, it was an explanation of why this particular person, this film goer, gets anxious watching old-time Hollywood movies 
with silence and he realized it's the need for live orchestration music and that makes all the the way it used to be right and so the you premise said, would you expound on that? the premise was that uh he was trying to be very honest and he said look i know that whenever you talk about film you always have to have this reverence and respect for all of the silent films charlie chaplin and and uh you know all, all of these silent films from the early cinematic era but he's like frankly they're kind of boring and he was making the point that uh, you know, it, the films were never actually meant to be watched silently. They were meant right. to be watched with an orchestra and with live performers who were able to kind of adjust the tempo of their music and adjust the swell of their music and improvise a little bit with the film. And they would actually do these like kind of traveling orchestras. And there, there right. are some groups that are still They're kind still of doing, doing that. Yeah. And he, he did a really great example of showing the stock music that comes with, I think it was a Charlie Chaplin movie. And it was kind of... Right. And it was kind of, all right, who cares? Yeah. Versus the live orchestra version. And it, it the was way so it much was more done rich. back then. Yeah. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world. That was a great video that you sent me on YouTube. It was a little five-minute documentary. Yeah. And it really made a great case for why silent films films should be revisited and appreciated, but you kind of have to do it with the music. And uh, it, it really made a great argument that these these silent films are not nearly as boring as many people might suspect. They're not meant to be seen silently. Right. That's it. Right. Silent films are not meant to be seen silently. That, well, Very few films are. Yeah, you're right. And the ones that are, I would argue, are really boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Of course, a quiet place. Okay. All right. right yeah. yeah. There you okay. go. Okay. Hey, I want to say one more thing before we jump into our weekend review, mm-hmm. and that is with the you sent me an article too, Robert, a few days ago. I think via text about the fires in L.A. and there were articles written about how humanity has come together. Are we talking faster tonight? Am we're I? Bo- am we're I both hyped? talking so am fast. I, am I? Why am I so hyped? I don't know. It feels are, like we're talking. Am I? I feel like if I was listening to this podcast, I'd feel like. Am I, is the setting wrong? <laughs> We're both talking I'm just a mile so pumped a minute. Up. It's just so good to see you. It's exciting. It is exciting. Did we? It's I, exciting <laughs> to see you, Robert. I feel like we both did shots of espresso right before this thing, <laughs> right before we hated up the mics. Um, I'm sorry. But yes, but that's so okay. Go ahead. <laughs> we had this interesting disagreement. In yep. fact, my buddy Robert had joined us for that. It was when we reviewed the movie It Comes It came it Comes at Wait, Night. Wait, your buddy Robert? I'm your buddy Robert. No, you're my buddy. My buddy Eric. Yes. Sorry, Eric. It Comes at Night and about humanity yeah. coming together uh, in apocalyptic era. Did uh, we not mention first... that last week? Hmm? Are you talking about last week's? I'm sorry. I, I, I got you okay. derailed with the Let speed of this. Let me help you understand. <laughs> Thank you. You did send me a text. Hello, and it was an article about how humanity came together with the fires. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, got you. And then you referenced that, said, see? In the, and I said, well, it's not exactly a, a zombie aco- apocalypse, but... Um, the Your Washington real well why by extension it is the Washington Post had written an article talking oh. about how people were working together during the uh, the Wesley fires right so the everyone has been helping each other out taking each other to safety uh, you know and it, the the point of the article was specifically talking about how uh, Republicans and Democrats in this time of need in in emergencies they forget political parties, they forget race, they forget gender, they forget all of that, and they really come together as humans. Absolutely. And when we were talking about A Quiet Place, when we had Eric in here in studio, I had made the argument, and you guys disagreed. Yeah, yeah. We thought you were naive. We did. That was the word we used. I'm sure he still would think that I'm naive. That your premise was that humanity would come together. In a zombie apocalypse, at the end of the world, end of times, yes, I think most of humanity would come together. There would be pockets of assholes 
who would try to raid and, and pillage and rape and everything else. But, uh, and, and you know, you and I would be in that group, clearly. But then everybody else would come together. So they if, would work. if it happened and a zombie is eating my left foot and I'm pounding on my your left door, foot. my left foot, as, well, it's a film podcast, uh, <laughs> would you indeed allow me into your home and give me shelter and food? No, because you've been bitten. Now, now, if a that's zombie interesting. is chasing well, you... Well, that's a little selfish of you. Well, th- you're going to turn into a zombie. Why would I let you in? You're infected. You're my buddy. Oh, sorry, bud. I mean, I don't... Wow. Well, this brings up that other question called Zombie Honeymoon, another film where I asked you, if your lovely pregnant wife was a zombie, would you still care for her, n- take care of her, make love to her, knowing that you were also being infected? Well, those are two different things. Would I, would I love her and care for her, or would I fuck her? I mean, those are two... <laughs> I totally fuck her. Zombie pussy's great. No, I'm not asking. Is it? Well, I, I'll tell you what. I've been with a few zombie pussies before. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, metaphorically. They just kind of lay Metaf- there. Metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got it. But anyway, your point was really well made with that article you sent me about humanity coming together. And I want to acknowledge that because it's been an ongoing sub-discussion in all of our podcasts. About, about whether humanity zombies. would help each other in yes. times of need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they would. I think, I, I know that sounds naive, but I think part of that, I think you have to have that conflict and... Let me rephrase that. I don't think you have to have it. I think movies insist upon some sort of conflict. In a zombie movie, it's always, oh, the people have to fight amongst themselves. And that gets back to the George Romero kind of films. And, and a but lot of people are paying homage. Walking Dead. Right. That's, That's all it is. Can you imagine if they all got along really well, there'd be no show. But I actually think you could have a good show. I think you could have a really decent show with the struggle. The zombies are a challenge enough. And yeah. maybe you have a few interpersonal relationships. But right. Dealing with zombies is not easy. If it was easy, then, I mean, you need to up the challenge a little bit more. And I think 28 Days Later does that. They start to up the challenge a little bit more. Now, they start to have interpersonal relationship problems when they get to the big mansion at the end of 28 Days Later. Now, are you talking about 28 Days Later or 28 Days? Ah, Ah. Remember remember last week I made a mistake? All right. Anyway, those are the two points I wanted to acknowledge before we jumped into the Week in Review. Week in Review, let's do it. Who's going to go first? Uh, I'll go first. You do it. All right. So... Uh, I saw a few movies this week, uh, but I'm really going to only highlight one. Uh, I saw in, I saw In the Summer recently. Did you? I did. Sorry. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And, uh, how, did, how did it hold up? Did it look amateurish? It did, didn't it? No, it didn't. No? No, it didn't look amateurish. It did sound very 60s. There's definitely yeah. some, a uh, little bit of... Cultural insensitivity, we'll put it that way. Maybe a little bit of racism oh, that's happening. Interesting. When they go to Africa and they're like, uh, they say things like, oh, the boys were out there. They, they couldn't, they didn't speak. The, the people in Africa didn't speak English and we didn't speak whatever their language was. Wow. And then he, he's like, uh, and we didn't know if they were going to watch us surf or come out and eat us. Oh my God. <laughs> it's kind of But like, Bruce Brown could get away with that with his boyish charm. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. With that boyish charm of his, right? Yeah. So... It was kind of like, oh, yeah. oh. a little cringy, yeah. Yeah. but it was yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. So, uh, yeah, watch that again. And You gave me the poster. I did. You did. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but that's not the movie I wanted to spotlight, although yeah. it looks like I did spotlight it. Uh, the movie I, I wanted to spotlight was a doc- documentary called Stink. And it's Never about, it. um, it's from a few years ago, and it's about how, well, the premise is that a dad goes to a a girl's clothing store for his daughters uh, and he buys them pajamas. The clothing store is called Justice and they buy these pajamas, kind of those fleece pajamas and they, they get it and 
I, th- I guess he orders through the mail or something or you know, online. And when they when they get the pajamas and they open them up for Christmas, they smell really, really strong. And he's going, why do these smell so strongly? So he starts calling up the uh, the company. They won't tell him what chemicals have been used in it. And basically, uh, the concept is that a lot of companies are able to mask what what chemicals they're putting into their products if they just label it as fragrance. And clothing has no regulation on it whatsoever. And a lot of the chemicals that they're using in China and a lot of these shops to make clothing, uh, they're using different fire retardants and they're known cancer-causing agents. And they're just putting it all over kids' clothes and there's no real repercussions. There's nothing the FDA or the EPA is doing about it. And there's even a thing called, you can Google this term if you're listening, it's called the fragrance loophole. And it's this whole loophole where... uh, colognes and perfumes and uh, all sorts of products that you use like household products they'll claim that they're safe but then they'll say fragrance and that fragrance can be one of like 80,000 different chemicals and very very few of them are actually banned and the F- FDA and, and EPA doesn't know what's in those that, that stuff because they can use it as a, a trade secret so you know how Coca-Cola has their recipe sure. and it's a trade secret no one knows what what exactly is in coca-cola although i'm sure people can figure it out but uh you know it's technically a trade secret they don't have to disclose that that's real interesting is this a streaming documentary yeah it was on netflix on netflix great title by the way great title stink yeah yeah it's it's an interesting concept and it it really makes you aware of something that impacts you every day and i didn't know what was going on I, i knew nothing about that so i was really fascinated and as a soon to be father i was a little concerned Nice. Yeah. You have a heightened sensitivity and awareness. Yeah, it's almost like I can family. sniff it out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Those what'd are your two you, movies. What'd you see? I have three movies I want to briefly mention. Briefly. Yeah. Number one, I saw uh, this, the remake of Scarface. Well, that was pretty brief. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> this is the Brian... Remember we said that Brian De Palma is uneven up and down? Mm-hmm. Something. This mm-hmm. was a... You've seen... Are you a fan of... Which one? Oh, Scarface, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarface, oh, 1983. Yeah. I own it. Yeah. It's own a it. hell of a movie. I mean, it, it's... I think... Ne- Never have truer words been spoken. Whether you like it or dislike it, it's a hell of it a is movie. A, it is a hell of a movie. Yeah. 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 It just is. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and yeah, with, um, by the way, Oliver Stone wrote, well, you know that. He wrote it. Yeah. And Brian De Palma, of course. And it was Al Pacino, vintage Al Pacino at right. his best before he got old and weird. Well, he starts going over the top in that movie quite a bit. Uh, but it, we it, forgive him for it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. I think in right. Scarface, we allow him to. Yeah. 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 So I saw that. I also want to mention that uh, I saw the other night Inglorious Bastards. I saw that. That <laughs> I'm also not going is over the top. a hell of a movie. <laughs> and you, are you a fan of that? Yeah, I, I like that. Movie. I got to tell you, I saw that in the theater when it first came out. This is 2009. Uh, Tarantino uh, wrote it and directed it. And of course, Brad Pitt was in it. And I like to say that that film, I don't know if we've ever spoken about it, but it's Tarantino's wet dream. It is his wet dream. It is. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Another universe. What if? And boom. He, and that movie, and it delivers. It Christoph delivers. Waltz is amazing yes. in the yes. movie. He, yes. he so stands out from everyone else. Right. It's incredible. Right. So I saw that again in the climax. It climaxes. It, it gives you what you're waiting for. Yeah. It really does. And the third film I want to mention, uh, I saw another one of our heroes, Robert, uh, Darren Brown. Mm-hmm. And he came out with something called Sacrifice. I saw it. You saw, Robert, yeah, I saw how come it. it's not included in your weekend review? Uh, I didn't see it this week. I think I saw it like two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah. And again, uh, as our listeners, maybe well, we've spoken about him quite a bit before, a psychological illusionist. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. A psych- and he actually gets a racist, 
uh, a racist male to uh, protect a, a few minority people by stopping a bullet for them. Yeah, he takes a bullet. Yeah, yeah, he takes the bullet. And again, it was just fascinating. And uh, it was a solid hour of entertainment. I can watch Darren Brown shows all day long. I'm, I'm, remember Push. That was the one that just, yeah, I loved it where I sent you a text months ago. Hey, have you ever heard of Darren? And you started laughing because you and Joey were watching it all along. Yeah. And I, this is the first time I was introduced to him. Um, he's a fascinating guy. Yeah. 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 So those are my three. Uh, Sacrifice, which is also streaming on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, there we go. That was Week in Review. Yeah. Hey, man, you want to talk about Mountain? Robert, talk us through it. Mountain is about mountains. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. I think I just talked you through it. Well, what's going on next week? Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a, a love song to the, the earthly structure of mountains. Uh, it's a documentary. Uh, it's... It's non-traditional in terms of structure. It's kind of, it's very poetic. It's uh, narrated by Willem Dafoe. And it's basically a bunch of beautiful shots of mountains. That's it. And that's it. And it does kind of talk about, I guess, our relationship with mountains a little bit. It does kind of get into that. uh, How humans kind of conquered mountains and how we become casual with mountains. But that's basically it. That's nicely said. We should mention it's an Australian documentary, 2017, and it mm-hmm. is currently yes, streaming on Netflix. So, um, yeah. What did you think of it, Robert? This was a beautiful film. Absolutely. I, I, I think anybody who watches it would be hard-pressed to say that it was not magnificently shot. Absolutely. Uh, there were some really, really great images in here. It was a little... Um, I feel like if, if I checked my phone in the middle of the movie... I mean, I, I, I wouldn't miss, I would miss a pretty shot, but I don't think I'd miss anything. You'd miss a pretty shot or two or three or four, and that would be okay. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And that would be okay, because there are so many of them. Yeah. Maybe too many? It Was it a one-note movie? I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you know what I mean uh, no, by suggesting that. No, let's talk about that. that. Let's talk is about it. Is it a one-note, like... Is it a one-note it, movie? It, it's a one-tone movie. How do I describe? It's like a yeah, yeah. It has different notes, but it's uh, it's a flavor. You know what I mean? It's like different types of. If the if the flavor is grape, you've got red grape, green grape. You know, you've you've got purple grapes. You've got different types of grapes, but it's all grapes. Yeah. How's that for a metaphor? Nicely done. No, I don't. I don't think it was, but I'll take it. I, I it worked for me. Did you like it? I did. I enjoyed this film. What did you think? I did too. I I'm do, surprised to hear you say you, can you liked tell, it. Okay, you can tell from what I said a moment ago about it being a one-note movie. Yeah. And I did find myself doing a couple of other things while it was playing, and mm. I went back to it and didn't miss anything. I, 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 I was needing a little bit more of a narrative. Yeah. That's what I'm needing. Now, again, I get the poetic nature of this. I understand it and the beautiful words that William was saying. And the music was incredible. The cinematography was gorgeous, gorgeous. And the music was truly beautiful. Um, but an hour and 10 minutes, um, like, I get it. I, I, I get it. And I was needing more. Here's what I was needing. I would I know that's not the nature of the film that we're talking about, but more in the way of, interviewing some of these people about why they do it yeah that's what i want and i know well that's not so what, what you movie... want talking heads in this case i'd like some talking heads to break up the beautiful scenery mm. um to say to be why what's what's motivating you what's your cap- you know it would have been and... kind of cool to, to interview them in the middle of their climbs you know like <laughs> shove a microphone seriously so... i mean 
there was that one shot toward the beginning that was unbelievable with the guy who was free soloing with no ropes climbing up that sheer face. Yeah. And what had to have been a drone was right above him. It would have been cool to have done an interview like that. <laughs> it would have been amazing. Yeah, I think they'd be um, a little bit uh, preoccupied. <laughs> There's your word. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe but, that would but if they the fall, hey, and great they footage. Fall, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last interview. So anyway, I really yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> Here's why I climb. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Again, I, I keep... I know, it's not, I know it's a poetic film. And that's not what the film is. But something about why I would have enjoyed hearing some of the climbers' stories. I get that. And I also would have liked more in the way of supplies and seeing the chains and how they're made. Uh, more in the... They had some in-the-tent shots mm-hmm. or eating food... I think I'd like more of that, that in the juxtaposition of that. And then the beauty would be even more beautiful, the two worlds. Do you know? I do. I get what you're saying. And I think uh, I, have, I have two thoughts, kind of related thoughts to this. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Now, I know I, I am, am more social media heavy than you are, which isn't to say that you aren't, mm-hmm. but I think I'm more on Instagram or YouTube than you are. Mm-hmm. I think Is that a fair assumption? Of course it is. I feel like in a way... Instagram especially has kind of ruined these sorts of films because you see so many beautiful breathtaking shots all the time and then somebody comes up with a movie like this and you're like huh yeah well there you go you're so right and I even on Facebook I've seen a lot with the mountain bikes right where they're on the bikes and of course the camera's on the helmet so you see the just going over this rugged terrain and I've seen a and lot it's of all those fucking videos. incredible people it risking their incredible, life but we're almost numb. Mm, that's too harsh a word, but we've almost we've built up a resistance. We we've hear it seen so it before, much. right? We've seen it before. So yes, I've seen that footage on, and I'm in awe when I see it posted on Facebook. Hey, buddy, twist uh, your mic just a little bit because you got you're you're getting you're popping your peas just I, a little touch. So what if I? Oh, yeah, that, that's great. That good? That's good. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> see, you don't pop your peas even when you're trying to pop your peas. Oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I feel like in a way. Social media, YouTube, Instagram has kind of ruined that. And then the other thing it I was diluted gonna... the impact. Yeah. Whoa. That's it. That's it. Diluted Ow! the impact. I just nailed that. It diluted the impact. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What were you going to say? That was a mountain of a statement. A mel- ah! I think also this film probably would have been a lot better if we had gone into a theater and watched yes, it. Agreed. The truth is we're, we're watching it at home. We're streaming it. And I'm sure that the filmmakers, if they knew that, they'd be going, damn it, just go to a fucking theater and watch this thing. This should play an IMAX and an IMAX. Well, you know, know, this movie, when it came out, we had talked about it being uh, on our our list of films to watch many months ago. Mm -hmm. And we were looking for it, but it wasn't playing anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it did play somewhere, we were uh, already had something else scheduled already. So we didn't get to watch this movie in the theater and I was looking for it. So uh, I've been kind kind of excited about this film for a while. And... I don't know. This is the first chance that we've had to sit down and watch it and put it on a list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish we'd seen it in the theater. I think it would have been, I think the distractions of, of phone and, uh, you know, loading the dishwasher, or whatever, like all of those household chores that kind of nag at you start to become problematic and you can't really sit back and enjoy the film. Right. Yeah. It's a short, it's only an hour and 10 minutes. It's not know, that it's long a, yeah, comparatively it's a short to, film yeah. For a feature. Right. For narrative. But- and I would say 80% of the shots are breathtaking. They okay. really are that quality level i mean maybe a few shots are kind of like oh that's okay mm-hmm. nothing is bad I, I don't remember anything that was bad it was all absolutely stunning imagery and you know i like the what i call the inserts the uh, old footage showing early people right. i really like that a yeah. lot in fact i wanted more of that 
That wouldn't have been bad. I would like more of that. And I'd like a little bit of backstory about interviewing some of these people in their tent and why they do what they do. I would like that. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a good film to get really stoned and watch? Absolutely. I feel like if you were really high, this would be your movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just tripping balls on acid. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, oh, did you have a money shot? Uh, I did have a money shot. I'm curious. What, what? It was right when they... Uh, so the, the movie kind of talks about how we start out, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, the idea of, of climbing up a mountain would be sheer lunacy and just, you know, nobody would ever climb a mountain. And then eventually we do, we start to climb the mountains and we conquer them. And then we start to become complacent and we start to, uh, you know, it shows all these skiers skiing down the mountains. And there was one shot I'm going to describe it. I don't know if you remember it, but it was a, a beautiful shot of um, of hundreds of skiers skiing down a path, and the camera kind of follows them, and they almost look like a river of skiers. Yes. And it was really interesting, and I thought, wow, this beautiful overhead shot. Yes, it was like a stream. Yes. It was like a stream of people. Weaving through the woods mm-hmm. of this mountain. Mm-hmm. It was really an interesting... Yeah. I don't know why, but that really stuck with me, yeah. and I thought, man, that's a really interesting I angle. I remember that shot. Nice. The shot toward the beginning that I was talking about with the the free solo climber who was uh, up. Uh, I mean that that camera is right up in his face, yeah. and he's uh, just hundreds and hundreds of feet high, sheer face. Uh, and you're going, where the hell is there even a a nook or a cranny to put his hand into? But he's somehow still finding a way to climb up this mountain. Nice. How nice. far do you think you could get up a mountain before you fell? Can you imagine me climbing a mountain? Can you imagine? Can you imagine us climbing a mountain? Hey, wait, Robert, it's cold. Come on. Oh. Ira, just come on. Oh, when can I eat? We haven't even left base camp. What's that noise? Oh, no, it's my hearing aid. It's rolling down the hill. <laughs> you, I, you weren't listening to me anyway. <laughs> Why start now? Yeah. We yeah. get all that, you know, that frosty white. Icicle hanging off the beard. That's always a good look. I could see you doing it. Yeah? Well, you're more outdoorsy and athletic. I'm more outdoorsy? Well, you're more... (laughs) That that was producer Joey laughing in the background. (laughs) That was almost a laugh vomit. I've never seen her... Wait, she's hysterical right now. (laughs) I've never seen her laughing so hard. But you are. I am. No, outdoorsy is the wrong word. You're more coordinated and athletic. Yeah. Coordinated and athletic. Good. There's less laughter now. (laughs) But um, no, I can't see myself. Um, but I, yeah. I, I almost might take I'm more outdoorsy than you just because you are zero I outdoorsy know. and I'm point one outdoorsy. Yeah, well, I hate nature. Uh, me too. I, I can't stand it. Are you? I hate wait, nature. Are you being serious right now? I hate going out. I on, hate rivers and streams and lakes and trees. I like looking at them. I don't like blue sky. I like cement. I like parking lots. Yeah. I like urban. Me too. No, I'm... I'm being serious. Robert, we've never I love had this That's why I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, let's cuddle. This is great. We have even more in common. Yeah, I know. And everybody's like, uh, I want to go on a hike. And well, I'm fuck like, that hiking go, shit. Go yeah. on a hike. Yeah. So just go like, take a hike. Go take a hike. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not a nature lover at yeah, all. Yeah, me either. Yeah. All these women, I'm going hiking. I hike. I'm going no one private. ever admits this either. I know. Have you noticed? Is, no well, one I've, ever says... I, I hate nature. I, I've been saying it to my girls, I'm, and I, I think oh, I'm too candid. Oh, it doesn't yeah. work. It's it a deal breaker. Yeah. And they say, that's not well, romantic and they say, at don't all. Don't you go to the jump? You hike? I go, no, I don't like it. I get nothing out of it. And they're, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hiker. I don't. Yeah. I go to Fryman Canyon. I walk my dog. Fuck you. 
And by the way, they don't do it. And this they is just, why Ira only just, has first dates. <laughs> they don't do it, but they say they do to be cool. Well, that's that's what's in. Yeah, they I, say I'd they, say so, you do it true. like once every three months. Sure, but they make yeah. it sound like everyone's walking their dog along the beach at sunset. We don't do these things. And I, we're, you and I are honest enough to own up to that. That's why I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. My thoughts were Los Angeles or New York, maybe Chicago. There you go. Cement, pillars, parking lots. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Get on the train. Yeah. Train will take you where you want to go. There you go. There you go. I like the train. I do too. I like the noise. I like the rumble. Yeah. I like the tracks. Now you can hear it. Yeah. You hear what? the train coming yeah. at you. <laughs> All right. All right. That's your money shot. What about your money my, shot? My, I actually have two. This is going to sound like, you'll probably see it's a cop out. But number one, my first thought about this was the entire movie. It's gorgeous. It really is. Are you buying this almost? No. No. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll listen to you. And now that's my first money shot. But then I thought, well, he's not going to like that. I'm not. I can come up with something but better. But I'll listen. You're, I'll entertain okay. your All idea. All right. But here's my second money shot. And that is, it's in the first 20 seconds of the movie, uh, we see a prologue where we see our narrator in there and he's at the mic and we see the orchestra warming up. Remember that? It's I shot do. in black and white. Right, you're and popping it's a, your peas again. I'm not, yeah. It's shot in black and white. And it's, it's, I love the setup of this. And we see the conductor raising the baton and we see the violinist right. with bow in hand. And just as that bow is about to hit the string on the boom, it goes to black. And I actually made a guttural sound like, oh, were you jerking off? No, time? Robert, I'm sharing a very tender moment with you. Yeah, that's what I, I'm and asking. You, you get this, don't you? Yeah, you, I do. you can appreciate I what like I'm that. saying. That was a, like, wow, that was such a great cut. It was such a great cut to jump to black right there, just to the, and then the movie opened. And I up. believe, in my mind anyway, it was black and white, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we we pop into a really beautiful, yes, serene, the colorful The juxtaposition yeah. of setting up and the conductor and everything else. and yeah, The very, very first shot of the movie is like a, a table on rollers and you see a close-up of the wheels. I think it was a it's piano like, or something oh, like that. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. a piano, not a table. The rollers. Just a random see, table. On <laughs> a, table a table at Denny's. Yeah. yeah. So, But I like the juxtaposition of that and the conductor and, the, and then boom, go to a glorious opening shot. Now yeah. the movie is starting. I like that. All that right. was my money shot. Odd that your money shot had nothing to do with the movie. I know. I was waiting for you to say that. Truly, it had nothing to do with the movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought this was a good movie. Uh, I, I can't say anything bad about it. Is it anti-wave? There you go. I got to say yes. I mean, this is Tell this what? is anti-wave. There's no narrative structure. It's a documentary. It's a movie about fucking mountains. To me, I, you and I sometimes disagree on whether things we are do, anti-wave. But... And I don't mind if you disagree with me right now. Oh, look at last week. But oh, I'm going to give this a... Very high rating. I would say this You're not is a nine it over or a eight. ten. Oh, a nine or ten. What what's conventional? All the right. only thing that brings it down is that Willem Dafoe is the one that did the narration. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, you're talking about not the theme or the tone, but the actual mechanics of how the movie. I understand the the structure. You're on that level, giving it an anti wave. What else? Course, okay. What else right. is conventional? I'm about not this? disagreeing with you. Okay. Number one a documentary as we've said time and time again the very fact it's a documentary does indeed suggest anti-wave right agreed moving on to my second point why it's an anti-wave movie this is a movie about people who entertain death about people who take risks about people who walk without a net literally and figuratively there's no net to catch them but i would these are the bad boys i would ask is it a documentary about the people or is it a documentary about the, what the they're climbing the i mean it, it really is about that's mountains. a great point that's a great point i think those are just they are people who live on the mountain 
but, but the documentary is about but seeing the these guys on the on the bike that one guy who was hang gliding and that right. weird thing and all that these are people i'm back on the people for a moment but your point is well made but as far as the people element it is anti-wave because look what they're doing they're fucking crazy that's anti-wave okay even though your argument is it's really about the mountain not the people sure yeah I'm, it is an anti-wave film. I'm not going to go as high as you. I'm still embracing 6.4. Oh. Yeah. What is, what's conventional mm. about it? Um, nothing. <laughs> so but shouldn't, you, shouldn't it be a 10? No. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, if there's nothing conventional about it. Classical music. <laughs> pretty to look at. Uh, come on. Pretty to look at could be anything. That's true. I, I, the only reason I'm embracing it was an anti-film, a documentary, and B, these people are fucking nuts to do what they do. They walk without a net. They're risk takers. They're defying death. That's anti-wave. That's anti-wave. So I'm giving it an anti-wave score, but not as high as you. Hmm. I don't understand why you wouldn't give it a higher score. Mm-mm. Yeah. Why does it not deserve a 9 or a 10? You know what to give it a 9 or 10? What? If we see someone fall to his death. You know what's great? I'm, You're I'm quiet right now. No, yeah. I wish you could see Robert's expression. It's one of those few times you actually inhaled what I just said. Yeah. And you're keeping the eye contact going, Well, you know what? That would have given it a 9. It's something 7. that I think you're right. And I think for good they taste, do you couldn't do that. do that. But they did get really close. Yes. And they showed that one guy fall and bust his head open. Yeah. The other guy break his fingers yeah. and stuff. And I found myself, my teeth hurt watching that. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Okay, I'm now at seven point seven. I think I got to talk you up even from that, man. No, I'm gonna hold. I'm holding at seven point seven. It's an anti-wave film. It's Can you appreciate? 7. Okay, they can't show somebody dying because that this is a documentary. It would, but that would make it anti-wave. It's like the game we do. You know, anti-up. Yeah, take this movie. All right. Well, okay. So you're dropping it two points because it didn't show somebody dying yeah. in the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. I'm giving you the seven point. Why, you disagree with me? Yeah. At least you're not saying I'm wrong. Uh, Last not, week's no, class, you said I was wrong. You're not wrong. I said not wrong. You're just, just a difference of not opinion. right yet. <laughs> you will be. We just got to talk about it a little more. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, th- it's, I, I think you're a little low, bud. I, seven point, you know, where are you again? What's your number? Eight. I'm like a nine. Oh. I think it's a nine. Well, that's well, close I'm enough. asking you, well, what's conventional nine. about it? Tell me why it doesn't get a 10. Because it's a safe movie. Bingo. Okay, what's safe about it? It's a safe, it's a safe movie. No one gets injured. We don't see a helicopter flying in. I'm serious. If we just saw, there were helicopters in some of those shots, especially near the end. And if we saw a medic team rushing that, oh, this is getting even more anti-wave. It was safe. It was glorious and safe about risk takers and people who defied death. Anti-wave. But I think not that's one aspect of what you're talking. I mean, there was there were these shots of snowflakes being formed that had nothing to do with people. It had to do with uh, you know the mountain itself, right? And the right. time lapse of the trees with the snow, you know, bending the the branches and then and then springing back to life, and then more snow being laid down on it. That's that's about the mountain. You're focusing on one aspect. You're focusing on the people's You're interaction right. with that. Mountain. You're right. And I don't think that's what the the movie's about. I'm. You know what's interesting? I'm probably more interested in the people than I am on the mountain. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually commenting to producer Joe. I actually paused it at a certain point. And I said, you know, here's the thing. And I was looking at serene, gorgeous shot of this mountain. And I said, this is the kind of thing I would love to just go there. I would love to be teleported to the top of this mountain. But I don't have the time or energy 
or really interest in climbing it. So it's kind of a, ugh. I'd like so this be, movie is great for me. I'd like to be I just, teleported to the top of the mountain if I could also bring a holiday in and be comfortable sure. in my bed with the color TV and watch a movie. Well, wouldn't you just be teleported there for two minutes and be like, ah, it's cool. It's getting a little chilly. I'm going to go home Would I be now. cold? Would I be cold? For two minutes. Mm. Uh, one minute. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Minute and a half. Bingo. Sold. <laughs> 90 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm giving this movie. I'm going to give it a nine point three. In Whoa, terms of anti. that's the is that the is, highest you've I, ever given any movie I, I, in terms of anti. Yeah, what could be more anti than this? I mean, I think you made a, a few good points. I think Willem Dafoe. I mean, that's a a name. I think they're actually trying to do it so they can get some more eyeballs on this thing. Right, right. And so I understand the concept. You need to conventionalize it just a little bit. Um, there's no narrative structure. It's it's literally a poetic. Love song to mountains. All right, seven point seven. That's as high as I'm going. I'm not. The budget. topic is not sexy. I mean, they yes, try to ma- well, they try yes, to it make is. it sexy. Yes, it is. The topic mountains. Mountains are not sexy. It's, it's beautiful and poetic. Okay, well, let's make. I dare you to go make grass. All right, go make the documentary grass and make it all about grass. How people sit on grass, have picnics on grass, they play on grass, they play football on grass. Hey, Robert, that's our next film. <laughs> Grass. You're smoking grass. <laughs> All right. So you're saying 7.7. Okay. 7. That's it. I'll take your points. I'm going 9.3. Okay. All right. There okay. We go. Good. Whew. Who died this week? Ah, are you saying it's time for the dead corner? It is. Okay. Got to tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people, they'd unturned to dust. Want to acknowledge the following people in the industry who passed away this week. Number one, we lost a very young stunt um, stuntman, Kaz, Kazman Jamadaquin. Uh, I'm sorry, Kazistan, who? I didn't don't hear you. do that. Kaz, uh, and she's, um, I just didn't, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, yes, you did. You just like make me Kazman, say Kazman Jamadaquin. Stop it. Conan the Barbarian. And this person was also in The Expendables 2. Oh. You like that. And 47 Ronin. Yeah. We also want to, you know, there's a music composer who I love, Robert. I don't know if you're familiar with Francis Lay. Um, and he was an 86-year-old French film score composer. He did A Man and a Woman, the original one. I did A Man and a Woman. These were important film scores when I was growing up. And he also did the music to Love Story. He's dead. We also... <laughs> well, la-di-da-di-da-di-da. All right. You know, we also lost... Dave? Dave? I'm scared, Dave. Take a stress pill. Come on! Ow. Yeah. How? From 2001. That's right. The yeah. voice. The voice of El Douglas Rain, 90-year-old Canadian actor. He did the voice of Hal the Computer in Space Odyssey. He also did, I did some research on this guy, he was the voice in Sleeper of the Evil uh, Computer in Woody Allen's movie. Oh, yeah. And, of course, he, they also brought him back for the um, 2010 Hal uh, 9000 in 1984, the year mm. 1984. So uh, we know that, that voice of his, of course, is just... Hello, Dave. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Dave, I'm scared, Dave. Close the pod bay door, hell. Okay. However, I want to say that we lost a great. And the, a great? A, a great. A, not to say these other people. I don't want to diminish uh, these other important lives. You're going to talk about Kirk Douglas. No, well, no, I forget Kirk. This guy's more important. Oh. We're talking, the award is going to him, the spotlight. 
This is the Dead Corner Spotlight Award goes Kirk to Douglas? Stan Lee. Stanley. Yes, yeah, Stanley. Stanley Livingston. Stanley, ninety-five year olds. Now, look, I want to say something. There's been some controversy of late. We watched a documentary a couple of years ago that he was a bit of a showman, a huckster, and maybe even took some credit. You remember all that, Robert? Vaguely, and the yeah. other co- However, let's give him credit where credit is due. This guy is responsible for either creating or co-creating uh, Spider-Man, the Avengers, uh, X-Men, and um, and so many others. And with another co-writer, he did Hulk. The Hulk, Doctor Silver Strange. Surfer. Yes, the Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Black Panther, X-Men. And, and on and on it went. And um, Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man. He either created or co-created these people. And um, what a legend. You know, I met him. Uh, a comic? No, I actually I shot a documentary and he was, um, he was the subject of the documentary. It was a documentary about Star Trek. And we went to his office and it was a real small crew. And I got to sit down right by his desk. And we were waiting for him. He came in and he sat down. And while the rest of the crew was getting set up and, and doing all the lighting, he and I just chatted for a minute. What was he like? So nice. Really? Yes. There are a handful of people that I've met in this industry that are so nice that they are, they're people that you would talk about and say, I just met a really nice guy. And Stan Lee is one of them. Wow. Stan Lee and John Voigt, both of them were yeah. just so yes. gracious yes. and really giving of their yes. time and talking yes. with everyone just so approachable yes i met john voigt did you yeah at twain's that was a diner in, in studio city mm. and he was at the counter and i i didn't want to be a nudge and all i said was i said thank you for the last 10 minutes of coming home and he smiled at me and and i mentioned well with hal ashby behind the camera and haskell wexler shooting it you know you can't go all that wrong we shook hands and that was it i just left him alone after that but i wanted to acknowledge that you're, you're looking at me right now. Like, no, I'm listening okay. to your story. Yeah, yeah. So it's a cool moment. Very gracious people. So Stan Lee, yeah, he's yeah, really he, a nice guy. When I was guy. sitting down, he even offered. He said, "Well, here you, you could take my chair." And I was like, "I don't know. You sit in the chair." And he was like, "No." Uh, he was like, I, "I don't mind standing." And I was like, "Wow." No, you sit down. He said, like, "I'll have someone bring in a chair for you." I was sitting on the ground, and I was like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine here." And we just kind of chatted for a little while, and that it was is really so cool. cool. I remember there was. I, I remember there were. A few moments where the rest of the crew had to go do something, get something, and I was alone with him. And I thought, th- these are moments where I get to ha- experience Stan Lee and no one else does. And I was like, this is really fucking cool. I'm in the presence of a legend. Yeah, you are. We talked about mall rats a little bit. I remember asking him about that. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, they wanted me to come out and do that. And I didn't really know what we were doing, but I thought it'd be fun. So I did it. It was He was so nice. That's Look what this guy's responsible for. Yeah. Either created or co-created. Just this, this plethora of, of superheroes. And I love that he had cameos in virtually all of his films. Yeah. And he, he, he they even had fun they with They always had fun with, yeah. Big exactly. Bang Theory. Right. If you can say that, yeah, where he plays himself. Yeah. It's really cool that he was a good sport and wanted to do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, too bad. Yeah. What a life. You know, I've talked about it before, but there is the death list. Have I? We've talked about this yeah. before, right? Have we said it on the podcast? I'm not we've sure spoken we about it, but... There are a couple of guys. A couple guys out of England, and they have since the 1980s kept a death list, and it's a list of every year on January 1st they put a new one out, and it's a list of um, of celebrities who they think will die that year. It's a prediction, and at first, I guess the first few years they did it, they were they were crazy predictions. You know, it was kind of like, all right, Ronald Reagan in the middle of the 80s, and they were like, Ronald Reagan's not going to die. So the first few lists were really off. 
But over a period of time, they started kind of making more calculated decisions, and they would start to try to find out information of who had pancreatic cancer. And, um, you know, they could kind of pretty accurately guess who was going to die. Incidentally, our beloved uh, Kirk Douglas has been at the top of that list. He's been on that list for 16 years. Really? Yes. 16 years he's been on that list. Because when you're done explaining this, I've got something to tell you. But go ahead. Finish your story. Well, anyway... Olivia to have Havilland I was going to say Olivia to have She's yeah. been on that list yeah. I think 11 yeah. years. Uh but Stan Lee's been on there a number of times and I remember the first time I saw Stan Lee and I gasped and I'm like no don't put him on the death oh. list because he means he's going to die and I just I wasn't okay with him dying. He's such he was like a grandpa, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's really bummed about it. Yep. It's getting a lot of um uh, social media buzz. Yeah. A lot of people are, are writing about it. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll find out that he molested kids, you know, in like six months. We'll be like, oh, yeah, me too, Stan Lee. Uh, actually, didn't something come out about yes. that? There was something about his his reputation was besmirched, is that the word? Yeah. Both creatively and also on in his interpersonal relationships. There was something about, I don't want to misspeak about. Hey, producer Joe, wife, can you find Joe? out what happened with There's a Stanley. scandal. There was a scandal. There was. I forgot about, about all it. of his money and who was taking care of it. And no, somebody, somebody was, was taking his money. Of, yeah. Um, somebody was stealing his money. Mm-hmm. That came out. He it was like his nurse or somebody was stealing from him. But right. I don't think he was taking. There's there's been some credit issues right. where he was taking credit possibly of doing yes of creating characters that he may not have that's actually correct created. and there was a other documentary I was referencing earlier that right. was I disputing that. a lot of his claims of credit. Um, yeah. But I don't think there was any Me Too stuff, was there? No, I don't think so. All right, so he molested a few Asian girls. So what? But they're Asian. They don't yeah, count. they don't count. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And the answer is Stanley. Stanley needs a hero. Elder abuse claims and a battle over an, the aging Marvel creator. Uh, at Marvel in New York, this is um, from The Hollywood Reporter from April 10th of this year, 2018. At Marvel in New York in the 1960s, he created the comic book characters that dominate the box office today, but at 95 and reeling from his wife's death and a fight with his daughter, Lee stands at the center of a nasty battle for his care and estate as one friend pleads for help. He's in need of a superhero himself. Mm. I'm just going to read this next paragraph. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It says, uh, back in early February, fighting with what he later called a little bout of pneumonia, 95-year-old Stan Lee had an argument with his 67-year-old daughter, JC. This was hardly unusual, but it seems to have been a breaking point. The comic book legend whose creative tenure at the helm of Marvel Comics beginning in New York in the 1960s spawned Spider-Man, Black Panther, and the X-Men and laid the foundation for superhero dominance in Hollywood that continues with the April 27th release of the Avengers Affinity War um, sat in the office of his attorney, Tom Lagus and signed a blistering declaration. So it sounds like they're, see, they were, it's people that were stealing money from him. Right, right. Lee and his late wife had arranged a trust for their daughter because she had trouble supporting herself and often overspent. And it sounds like some of that money got, uh, JC will from time to time demand changes to her trust, including the transfer of properties into her name. He has resisted such changes because they would greatly increase the likelihood of her greatest fear that after my death, she will become homeless and destitute. So there's that money issue. Yeah. Uh, Producer Josie also found Stanley accused of sexual misconduct. There we go. Oh. Chicago area masseuse has accused formal Marvel Comics editor-in-chief Stanley of sexual misconduct. She's a masseuse. They, they get jerked off on yeah, all the that's time. that's what they do. Um... 
She accused Lee of assault, battery, violation of the Illinois Gender Violence Act, and emotional distress, and named his former assistant, Max Anderson, in a civil civil conspiracy stemming from two separate massage therapy sessions in 2017. She's suing him, but she's not... They're not filing... They never filed charges. Hmm. All right. Anyway. He's dead. <laughs> what a life. Yeah, what man. a life. Now, that, what's the name of that list that predicts when people are going to die? Death and, list. Death list. And again, uh, you mentioned Olivia de Havilland and Kirk Douglas. Yeah. I hate to tell you, one of those two people we just named died a few hours ago. Who? Kirk. Kirk Douglas is dead? Dead. Okay, that's my dead corner. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe you, you buried that. I guess ah! we need to talk about Stan Lee more than Kirk Douglas, I guess. Hey, man, you want to play a game? It's game time. All right. Hey, Producer Joey, we're going to play a game. We're going to play Know Your B.O. All right, so the point of this is that we've got to guess who is closest to these box office numbers. Now, you don't like this game because I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You're not I, good at this game. I'm not good. No, again, it's domestic, U.S. only. Is, uh, is it domestic? Yeah, she did domestic. And again, does not include Blu-rays or DVDs. You're very clear on that. This is box office. Box, box office. office. All-time box office. We want to guess. And you don't like how much cheat. money. When you go first, I make it a dollar less no. or a dollar more, no. like on prices Right. No, you can't do that. So we need to figure out. All right. And you're going to write it down. I know. I'm right? writing because it down. You yeah. always wait until somebody's right. done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So the first movie that you've got here is The Mountain Between Us from 2016. Notice Mountain, the theme. Yeah, The Mountain. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what she's doing here. Yeah. Okay. Mountain Between Us. Okay. So how much money did The Mountain Between Us make? I'm going to write down a number. Did you see this movie? No, did you? I never saw it. So we're both going to be shooting blind here. Um, I'm going to say... Okay. All right. You got something? Yeah. What do you got? 714,000. 714,000? Wow. I did yep. 36 million. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And yeah. looks like I, I got it. What's the answer? The answer is 30.3 million. Whoa. You're way off. Well, Ira. I never heard of it, so I thought no one else did either. Uh, ah, okay. All right. All right. So the next movie that we got is Race to Witch Mountain. This was the, uh, wasn't it The Disney. Rock? Yeah, it was a Disney movie. Wasn't The Rock in this movie? Was The Rock in it? She yeah, The yes. Rock. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so Race to Witch Mountain. It's a Disney movie, so you know there, it's not going to be 700,000. No, right? no, it's probably going to be big, more than that. Big. All right, let's go ahead and write down our answers. Let's think about what we're going to do here. Okay, what do you got? This was a big Disney movie. Yeah. 89 mil. Mm, I put 55 million. Hmm. All right, and the answer close. is... This is close. 67, I think. That's wait, you. I yeah, think that's it's, me. It's yeah, because I'm, uh, what, 20, I'm, I'm 17 million, not, 12 million off, and you're... 89 million, so yeah, I'm 20 something. 20 something, yeah, so right. you won, but I'm doing better. You are. I'm you're in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. Next. Okay, like this is going to be our last one, right? Like this game. I think I already won yeah. best two out of three, but... Oh, yeah. The I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll go ahead and do it. Okay. Brokeback Mountain. All right, Brokeback Mountain. I'm going to say... This, this was a big... And this is a big success, but it's also a long movie. So long movies tend to not do as well in the box office because they can't fit as many screenings in That's per a good day. Point. Just pointing that out. And we can make the argument perhaps the subject matter didn't appeal to all of middle America. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was an Oscar contender at the That's same time. That's a good point. But those Did it win for Best be- Picture? I can't remember. I don't know. It was nominated. Yeah, I'm definitely sure. nominated. All right. I got it. All right. Who's going first? Me? I'll go first. Go ahead. Ready? 42 mil. 
I put 126 million. Whoa! Answer is 83 million. Now, wait a minute. Wait a second. That's close. You might actually be closer. Wait. So, I think you said 86 million? Was that what it was? Yeah, and I said 42. All right, 42. So, the difference there is... 83 million. It's 83 million. million. I said 42. So, I'm what... I'm 43 million off, and you are 41 million off. You act. You won. That I record. won. I finally won this. I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Ira, you truly know your bo. Yo. All right. Hey man, you want to do some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay, our top five this week is top five mountain movies. Mountain movies. All or right. movies that feature about mountains. Mountain movies. <laughs> Who How wants to go first? You, you okay. want to go? You, you want me to? You, you, you go first. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay, all right. Let's hear your number five, please. Okay, my number five is a movie I think I've only mentioned on this podcast once before. And it actually shares the title of the movie we reviewed this week. It is called Mountain and it's from 2001. It's a short film. It's a documentary uh, directed by Daniel Martinico. And it's a m- movie about a guy out here in the... Um, man, he's like it's like Eastern California. And he has built a mountain out of hay. And like hay bales. And he paints it constantly. Do you know... Have you heard about this guy? No. It's like a weird... No. Uh, he was on... What's that? Um... California Gold, that, that TV show mm-hmm. with, uh, what's his name, stomps up and down the California. Anyway, mm. long story short, it's all about this guy who uh, paints a mountain constantly. He has He's built a man-made mountain out of hay bales, and it's kind of a touristy trap. People stop by and, and look at it. He's got stray cats going around, and he's just constantly painting this mountain. It's a very, uh, it's a very odd documentary. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, there's something so crazy about this character and the way that the film is made and edited, it reflects the craziness of what he's done. It's very unconventional. It's, um, talk about anti-wave. It's a very anti-wave film. I don't know if you get your hands on it. The director actually sent me a copy because I reached out to him when I I just kind of randomly thought about it after one of our podcasts. And uh, I reached out to him and he was like, oh, sure, I'll I'll send you a copy. And he was nice enough to send me a copy of it. Um, But it's a movie, it's about 30 minutes long. It's called, Mountain from 2001. Huh. And I really enjoy that film. I caught it at a film festival back in the 90s and it just kind of stayed with me. Nice. There you go. Yeah. My number five. 1978, the movie is called Avalanche. It's a shit movie. But there's a reason why I'm putting... Now, first, have I've you ever heard it. of it? I've okay. heard of it. It's I know, a I've horrible, never... horrible movie. Why? With why is it Hudson, so bad? Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. and it was, it, it, it's a, a snow resort, and the avalanche, and nobody believes them, and the construction of people, the, the building codes, and all that stuff. And it's right. There's going to be an it's avalanche? Just, yeah, yeah, and okay. of course there is, and it's really bad graphics and that that avalanche however the reason why i want to put on by the way it was one razz razzies it won multiple razzies in 1978 i was coaching the speech and debate team at the high school the squad did not get along there was mm. inner conflict and i felt an found avalanche, myself of personalities. Say, avalanche of personalities and i said we're going to a movie friday night Everyone meet me at this theater in Burbank. If you don't show up, I'm going to fill your ass. Everybody, the whole squad showed up. We watched the movie. It was a shit movie. Everyone hated it. But we went out to Denny's afterwards. 
and everyone was teasing me. So they unified. Hey, Heffler, are you going to make us go to the sequel? And there was laughter. And somehow by going to see this movie. Yeah, codification. And the president of the squad, as we was walking in my car, he said, hey, it worked. Good job. He knew what I did and why I did that. And the squad bonded by being together, even though it was a bad movie. And maybe that allowed for even more bonding. And the moral is... We all bond in our hatred for Ira, <laughs> just like the show. Well, they went against me, but at least they formed as a team and they gelled. It doesn't matter what the anger is aimed at as long as you gel. So it's a bad movie, but I have wonderful memories of that evening with the squad, and I'm putting that down for number five. I really like that, Ira. You That's do? A good story. I really like that it's a lot. It's not about the quality of the film. Because it's about the memory I associate with and it. And it's funny because it actually segues nicely into my film as well. Oh. My film, I, I wouldn't say it's shit, but it's definitely kind of cheesy. Uh, it's from 1991. It's K2. Have you seen K2 before? No. It's about uh, climbers who climb the second tallest uh, uh, mountain in the world, and it's K2. It's uh, I, I can't remember the full name of that. That that's the shorthand title that they use. It's a true story about a couple guys that do it, and it's very late 80s, early 90s kind of uh, schlocky acting. It's not a great movie, but I also have a, a kind of. It's got a place in my heart. I love it. I love it. And it really had to do with right around that time that's when my mom divorced my dad. And my mom, in a lot of ways, you know, she married very young. And when she got divorced from my dad, it was a lot of her kind of finding herself. And I know you hate that term, but it was like her kind of growing up a little bit. Yeah. Like almost like she had, had a, a stunted adolescence. And then now that she was older, she's probably in her, you know, uh, what, 40s at that point. She was kind of growing up a little bit and hitting the teenage years. Um, uh, emotionally, right when I was hitting my teenage years, uh, quite literally, and we kind of grew up together in a lot of ways. And we would rent this movie a lot from the um, from the the rental place right down the street, and it was something that just really bonded us together. We would See, watch K two. And what I love about this, Robert, it's we call this favorites. And that's why these are our favorite yeah. movies. We're not saying the best or the greatest. We're simply saying our personal favorites. So we are doing this properly. Yeah, I it's think so. It's the memory we associate with the film. Yeah. Yeah. It's our that's top cool. movies. Yeah. 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 It doesn't always have to be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would nice. stand by the... K2 is not an awful movie. It's definitely got some cheesy acting. There's some great climbing scenes in it and things like that. And I'm sure maybe there's some things with Avalanche that are redeemable. No. <laughs> no, nothing. No. Maybe not. No. no. So that's my number four is uh, K2. Good. What's good. your number four? My number four, I'm going to present this first as a tie. I am going to cheat a little bit, but then I'll make a decision. Okay. I just have to, I've been wrestling with this all afternoon about these two movies that are kind of similar with the shenanigans going on in a mountain in the snow with Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone in 1993. Mm-hmm. And the other one is The Iger Sanction. And again, which was directed and writ- starring and directed uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah, right? And yeah. George Kennedy. I'm going to surprise you right now and go against what I think you would anticipate. I'm putting down Iger Sanction as my number four. Okay. I am because it's not a great movie, but it's George Kennedy is the baddie, you know? And it it delivers, it does what it's supposed to. Now, refresh my memory. Was this the one where he plays the climber, right? Yes. Doesn't doesn't Clint Eastwood have a shirt off for a lot of this movie or something? Probably. He had good muscles then. Yeah. And he, like towards the beginning, there's a bunch of stuff with him like going up for a climbing. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember him like at a park or something at like some mm-hmm. rec, rec park and, and he was going to go. Cl- well, what's the, what's the plot of Iger Station? I don't know. Oh. 
I don't know. I saw it years ago. And I also like the ride at Universal. Oh, okay. where They had this big drum rotating that was white as if you're in the middle of an avalanche. Mm. Anyway. You just like the Matterhorn at Disneyland. Yeah. Wait, was that a movie? Oh. Um, at any rate, I am going with Iger Sanction. So wait, what was the plot? It was about an assassin. No, wait. No, that was the, that was the other one. Cliffhanger. Oh, I know. That was the one with the... No. Hey, producer Joey. <laughs> She'll find out. Can you find us the one-sentence premise of Iger Sanction? Is it Iger Sanction or Iger Station? Sanction. Is it Sanction? Sanction. E-I-G-E-R. Sanction. S-A-N-C-T-I-O-N. That's not a good title. You have to agree that's a bad title. Iger Sanction. Okay, let's hear it, Joey. Here it comes. Let's get the one-sentence synopsis. All right, here's what it is. Former government assassin Jonathan Hemlock now devotes his time to teaching and collecting paintings. Teaching and collecting paintings? But his quiet life is interrupted when he is persuaded by his former employers to work for them again. Hemlock has to join a crew of explorers on a trip uh, up to the Eiger, a treacherous Swiss mountain. Hemlock must simultaneously determine which of his fellow climbers is a Soviet spy, kill his target, and scale the deadly peak. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a James Bondy, uh, right? It was a little. Yeah, it was made in the era of the James. It Bond was made, stuff. yes, yes, yeah. The early J, the Sean Connery James right, Bond right, movies. Right, right, right. It was the seventies. Yeah, like it was so much 70s. fun. George Kennedy's the baddie. So yeah. there you go. All right, that's my number four. My number three is a documentary uh, about uh, mountain climbing from 2015. Meru, M E R U. Uh, it's about a couple of guys that uh, I think three guys. Where they had you're picking these beautifully obscure movies, and I'm going for Iger Sanction and this. That's all right. I I mean, ahead, look, I ahead. I picked some of these knowing <laughs> that you were going to pick Cliffhanger, <laughs> and I have a few on my uh, on my you know little extra scoops here too that okay. I'll mention. Good, uh, but Maru is a, a documentary about a few guys that had tried to climb uh, the this incredibly difficult mountain, and they had failed. And they came back and they had gotten hurt, they got injured, and they had to retrain to try to climb it again. And this time they're hoping to be successful. A big part of mountain climbing that a lot of people who aren't into mountain, excuse me, mountain climbing don't know is that it really very seriously depends on what season. And you only have a certain window of time that you can do it. Because if you're trying to climb things like Everest and you go at the wrong time, you're going to get caught up in a snowstorm and you're going to die. So it's very important to do, go at the right time and their window was closing very rapidly and they were really trying to go, uh, really rushing a lot of physical therapy bef- because of the injuries that they had sustained from the previous time. Wow. It's a good documentary. Nice. And well it's, said. It's a documentary that not only is interesting about actions but also gets very philosophical and deep. Oh, You'd like it. it. What's You'd, it called again? Miru, M-E-R-U. I might be mispronouncing that, but... Meru. 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 Yeah. Kind of like ragu, but, you know, less less yeah. pasta. Yeah. Okay, what do you got? What's your number three? My number three, are you familiar... Well, here's my hint. 1969. 1969. And uh, you're familiar with the director, um, uh, Michael Ritchie? This was his first film. Michael Ritchie did Bad News Bears. Okay. And Smile. I love that movie, Smile with Bruce Stern, by the way. Yeah. So he did successful movies. This was his first film... Starring Robert Redford mm. and Gene Hackman, Downhill Racer. 
I don't know it. You don't know Downhill Racer? No, I do not. Uh, it's about trying out for the Olympics, and uh, the athlete is Robert Redford, and his coach is Gene Hackman, and it's a good, solid movie. Huh. Yeah, and it's also, it's got interpersonal Like downhill skiing? Is that mm-hmm. what? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a mountain. There is indeed a mountain for the downhill sure. racing, and uh, I saw it in the theater when it came out. Downhill and, uh, Racer. We, not downhill Racer. Mm-hmm. Michael Ritchie's first film starring Robert Redford. That's my number What three. a good get for your first film. Redford and Gene Hackman? Yeah. Yeah. Have they ever been in another movie again since? Well, I don't, I don't know. think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Was Gene Hackman old then? He's always old. He's always been old. Walter Brennan is always old. Walter Brennan? The yeah. Rubico, always old. Always old. Gene Hackman always Gene old. Gene Hackman always old. He was always frumpy before the French Connection. He, he was old in the late 60s as well as the early 70s. He had that frumpy, round look about him. With Do you the think when he hairline. was just a kid, he was like 15? Everybody's like, hey, old man. Old. Yeah, he probably looked, hey, old man. Yeah. And yeah. what do you want? <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is uh, a movie that I, I thought they did an excellent job with, and I, I was ready to shit all over it, and it really surprised me. Uh, it's got your boy, Jake Gyllenhaal, in it. 2015's Everest. And this is about the John Krakauer... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if you ever read Into... Is it Into Thin Air? Yeah, Into Thin Air. Um, it's a... John Krakauer was a a, a a writer who talked about his time going up to Everest. And, um, and there were people that did not come back. And it was a really tragic loss where a lot of people had died... And this movie did an excellent job of portraying that. There had been a movie earlier on, Into Thin Air, and I, I used to like, again, my mom and I used to watch a lot of these films, and we had seen that one. We both read the book, uh, and this new one came out, and it was just so much more competently done and really told the story quite well. It's a really, really interesting movie. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's great in it. Uh, you He's would like this great. movie a lot. Yeah. Oh, you're it's it's very easy. It's a really easy to movie to watch. It's easy to kind of uh, just kind of throw on the background, but it's one of those movies that you try to put on the background, and next thing you know, you get sucked into it, and you're going, "This is a really interesting film." So it's well done, and it's it is a popcorn candy film, but it's it's a really well done one. Nice. Check out Everest 2015. Got it. All right, what do you got? What's your number two? My number two. It's not a movie about a mountain, but a mountain is certainly featured in it. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock. No, uh, nineteen was it nineteen fifty eight something? Come on, Cary Grant, Mount Rushmore, uh, North, North by, by Northwest. Northwest. You're going to let that yeah. go, aren't you? Are you cool? Yeah, with I'll that? let you go. Absolutely, the climax yeah. takes place on Mount Rushmore with uh, Cary Grant and it was Martin Landau, right? Good yeah. pull, man. Nicely done. I really thought about that. I thought, yeah, North by Northwest. You bet. The last twenty minutes is on Mount Rushmore. I'm going to include that on my list as number two. Nicely pulled. Thank you. All right. That makes up for my previous three. I didn't think your previous three were bad at all. They were cheesy and not as not as sophisticated or abstract as yours. But I don't, I don't think you have to go cheesy or, or, I'm sorry, you don't have to go abstract. Man, you, you can, your top five mountain movies, that's it. Thanks, buddy. Cheesy oh, popcorn motherfucker. <laughs> my number one movie. Number one mountain movie is, again, a documentary. I really like wow, the mountain documentary. Wow, you've been doing heavy documentaries. I, uh, mountains and documentaries just tend to go together for me. <laughs> From 20, 2003, Touching the Void. Did you see this movie? No. Oh, my goodness. I was telling producer Joey about this. It's so fantastic. It's about two guys that are tethered. Man, if it was you and me, this would, this would be Can such a great... <sighs> hey, we'd have fun, would we, Robert? 
I'd be cutting that rope so fast. <laughs> um, but the two guys are hiking up in, uh, I, I want to say it's down in, in Peru or something. It might be Chile. But they're hiking, and they're at the top of this mountain, and there's an avalanche, and one guy falls off the edge of a cliff, and, the, and they're tied together. And the other guy is, like, struggling to hold him and try to pull the rope back up, trying to bring this guy back up off the cliff. Uh, and he's yelling at him, and the guy that's dangling you know, is either dead. He doesn't know what's going on with him. And the weight's still there. He's trying to hold the weight, but slowly his arms are starting to give out and he can't pull the guy up and he starts kind of getting sucked down this mountain and he realizes he's going to have to cut this rope. So eventually he does. He just has to cut the rope and the guy goes sailing off the end of the, the cliff. And so this guy is devastated. He's just basically killed his friend and he hikes back down to base camp. Meanwhile, the guy who was hanging over the edge of the mountain, uh, he had... Uh, he was unconscious for part of that time and was shouting at his friend, but they couldn't hear each other. It was too far. When the rope got cut, he fell into a giant gorge, a, a huge crevice, broke both his legs, but he has all the rope. So he uses the rope to climb his way out. He basically throws up the rope and crawls his way back to the base camp all the way down this mountain and has two broken legs. And just as they're packing up, they're about ready to leave, they spot him. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's him. He's crawling. And the guy had been devastated. He thought that he killed his friend. And no, he's actually still alive and he's crawled his way back. Ugh. And it's an amazing documentary about these guys and what they have to go through in order to wow, try to survive. Tell us the name again. It's called Touching the Void. Wow. It's from 2003. It's a great, great documentary. It's a great name. Great title. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Check that out. Nice. It's a really good one. What do you got, Ira? I'm particularly proud of my number two, North by Northwest, and I think you'll be equally proud of my number one. Mm. May I do a few hints, please? Please. The late 50s to the mid-60s, there were a series of World War II blockbuster movies, mostly male, all-star cast. These movies were anything from Bridge on the River Kwai, The Longest Day, The Great Escape, and... That's right, the guns of Navarone. Mm. Definitely, that's a mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a I mountain. Give it to you. With those two big ass rifles stuck in there. Yeah. 1961. We're talking Gregory Peck, and um, who else is in that? And um, uh, Anthony Quinn is in it. And um, and and it's all about the uh, the Allied uh, forces coming together to to blow apart the German fortress. Right. So that we can have access to the Adriana Sea and so on. It's fictitious. It's all made up stuff that never happened in World War II. But it was a nifty blockbuster with top star David Niven. He's the other person who was in it. And great music. You got a lot of songs in this episode. I got like five music. Can I ask you a quick question? Have you noticed that? They don't do fictional World War II movies very often. That's not so, anymore. That's so true. And the others that I rattled off are indeed based on fact. Yeah. You know, with the uh, oh wait, Bridge on the River Kwai. That's uh, is true. That, is that? I think that's. Oh, uh, I, I think so. Yeah. I think they try anyway. And, but, but, but I'm you're saying right. in that you're era, right. they would do some fictionalizing, and they don't do it. And now. they don't do that anymore. And I think part of it's because it's this like reverence of the truth, soldiers. True of oh, the soldiers. Yeah. Well, it's and, it's kind of. I mean. And Glorious Bastards being the exception, that's yes. clearly all fictional. It's a different yeah. universe, but it's not trying to be, uh, you know, accurate. It's not trying to be an action film. But most war movies are actually based on real events. Now, you very rarely see these fictionalized. That's, really, that's very war movies. What, Saving Private Ryan. We know you love that film. I'm being sarcastic. Is that fictitious too? I, well, you've but, got D-Day. The D-Day landing true, was certainly true, which is the best part of the movie. Yeah. That's I, an I would say premise. there's more 
far more real than there is yes. fictional. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that way back, back then. then. Right. Back in right. the 60s, 50s yeah. and 60s. Yep. There was still more Agreed. fictionalizing. Agreed. 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 Guns of Navarone. I love that film. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. It, it is a mountain movie. You got any extras you want to talk about? The only other thing, I, what did I put down? Broke, <laughs> broke back. back mountain. I was, was that really about a mountain though? Was there? Was there well, a they were certainly up on the mountain. There a mountain. Yeah, so I didn't put that. I don't actually don't have any other scoops. Do you have scoops? Yeah, uh, alive. I, you know, I really I wanted to mention alive, where they plane crash on the mountain and they can't get down and they have to end up eating each other. That was another big one for my mom and I back in the early nineties. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't include. I want to get the number right. How many hours? 127. And you know what? I'm surprised. I thought I you waiting. were going to include that no, one. No, because you ready for this? What? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, man. I was waiting for you to include that in your list. It's a good movie. Yeah. 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 I really like that. Uh, I also thought about The Shining. <laughs> you think about that. Uh, They're okay, up on that's, a mountain. That's the Robert I know and love. Yeah. That's the Robert I know and love. And also, <laughs> there's a great war movie from the 80s that doesn't get talked about enough, but it's called Hamburger Hill. Yeah. I was and wondering if you're going to talk about when they're that. trying to climb mm-hmm. up the mountain and um, and take over the Vietnamese, and it's such a oh, the movie's so great. They just they keep taking this mountain, and then they're like, okay, we're going to move on, and then the Vietnamese just take it right back. It's so pointless. Everything was so pointless. It was just such a great metaphor for the whole war. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, shining. Well, hmm. come on, they were at the top of a mountain. Well, what the hotel was on the mountain, right? So yeah. that's. Wasn't I didn't the, include it. Was though. about the mountain, but that so happened that it the, was a well. The whole first like ten minutes of the movie was them driving the up this fucking mountain. Shot. Remember the opening shot where the camera's tracking the car, then the camera. No, I don't it, remember that. Yes. I don't remember that shot that I just described. <laughs> and of course, the cam the car veers, but the camera doesn't. It right. doesn't follow it, which is unsettling. Mm. That, it's a psychological. Ooh, it was disturbing to watch that in the theater. That the camera had its own way of going. It's, it's like it had the shining. That's right. Hey, man, we did it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yep. Another we one. did the... 101, we Robert. We did the whole 101st episode. Hey, 100. welcome to season three. That's right. Yeah, it's the third season, season, man. Three. Congrats to us. Hey, and you know, there are some changes with this season. Oh, do tell. One of them is uh, we got a Patreon account. I like that. What Now explain that. So if anybody wants to help us out, mm-hmm. uh, because it does cost us money to have this podcast, mm-hmm. and we need some help. So... Uh, rather than Robert and I are footing the bill the entire time, we're going to ask that our listeners, if you like this show, just give a little bit. You give uh, two or three bucks. You can give five bucks. Hell, if you want to throw in a quick thousand, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, but we yeah. do have a Patreon account. Or your father's account. Cadillac, anything, we'll take it. Sure, yeah. we'll take Cadillacs. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but none of this, like, you know, foreign shit. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 Come on. No, no, no. They, they killed my people. No, we don't fucking do that. No, yeah. uh, but our Patreon account is Antiwave. You could find us pretty easily on Patreon, and uh, and it's Patreon slash Antiwave. So does Antiwave have to have a dash, or is it just one? It's word? It's just one word. Patreon Anti. Oh, actually, wait. Let me pull it back up. Let me make sure that I'm, I'm saying it correctly. But uh, while I'm pulling it back up, I should point out that it really helps us pay the bills, so that we can afford to host this. Um, uh, uh, this podcast and and pay for all the 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 servicing needs that we have yeah, the equipment yeah the time yeah my gas driving over here yeah and then our our food and things like that oh that too yeah you're checking the URL it, the address it is. does not have a dash no dash so it's so, one word anti wave anti wave yeah there you go okay good uh so yeah if if you want to help us out that'd be great okay, good. And if you want to reach us, if you want to send us an email, uh, you can do that. You can send us an email to robert at antiwavepodcast.com. 
or and or slash Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can send us a message through Twitter or Instagram. Our handles are at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we? Robert? We are. You can find us on, on Stitcher, on, on Google Play. Uh, just go to our website. Yeah, and also I want to iTunes. We're on iTunes also. Yeah, we okay, are on ahead. iTunes. Yeah, I want to point out that we have a little bit of homework for our listeners. Oh, do yes, tell because we're also going to try to do. Uh, we we hear you. We understand that maybe we aren't telling you what movie we're going to tell talk about next week in advance. In advance. I so like now that. we've got homework. So this is our homework corner. This week we're going to ask for everybody to watch. Film worker, film worker, yep. documentary, uh, documentary screen, you can, streaming, streaming on, Netflix. on Netflix. And if you don't have Netflix, I think it's also on Amazon Prime. I, I think, think it is. At any rate, you can find it streaming and uh, find your your local venue. Uh, and we're going to be reviewing film worker. And uh, as a as a bonus, next week we're going to have a guest, Ira. And who is that guest? Our guest is the subject of film. That's worker. right. Film worker is a documentary about Leon Vitali, uh, and. Leon is going to be joining us in studio next week. And just so you know, Leon is the, uh, the right-hand man of Stanley Kubrick. Right, right. He did everything. He, he was Stanley Kubrick after Stanley Kubrick died. That's right. So um, we're going to be talking with him. He's going to come in and discuss not only the film, but also what it was like to work with Kubrick for 30-plus years. I know, I know. And he, he's running 30 the fucking years he's now with this guy. Stanley has passed away. Yeah. Yeah, so we're actually... This is the one time, Robert, in... 100 episodes we're actually asking our listeners to please go out of their way to try to watch the documentary Before. they'll get more out of hearing next week's podcast yeah it'll be a better fit so we'll try to start doing that more regularly yeah, we'll like try to that. let you know what films to watch so that when we have uh, the next episode that comes out you'll already know hey i watched this film this week and well let's sit and discuss like a book club only with movies <laughs> only well said anti-wave well movies said. yeah there you go yeah. there you go <sighs> hey man Hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our producer. You want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you're frantically pointing <laughs> at producer like, Joey? Cut to Ira. <laughs> Jeez, Robert. Hey, let's uh, let's thank producer Joey for doing a big yeah, Woo! <laughs> yeah. Thanks, producer Joey. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think that sums up everything. Hey, man, we did it. We did it. I'll see you next week. I'll see you with our special guest at the top of the mountain. Yeah. So until next time, keep watching movies, and we'll help you sort them out. Dave? Dave? I'm scared, Dave. Take a stress pill. <laughs>